welcome to Not Your Mama's Relief Society. I'm Annie Joy. And I'm Julie Swazo. We are on a mission to build a kinder Zion by living the doctrine and not the culture. Join us for today's conversation because there's always room on the pew for you. All right, friends, welcome back. Today, we have such a fun story for you because it's piggybacking off of, if you remember Stephanie Litzter's story about her conversion story and how she had this incredible member missionary who came and just like came in like a freaking rock star and was just blowing us all away. Well, guess what? We got karma. Karma's here. Karma's here. We got karma. (laughs) So, so good. So she's so cute. She'd written me like, what do you want for the bio? And I'm like, you can say whatever. Like, we just want to get a little background about who you are. And she's so cute about it. And she's like, I'm a 43-year-old mom of four kids. I'm an artist, a nurse, a wife, and I love the Lord. And I was like, what a good sum up. Like, yes, you're just Perfect. a regular human who is just doing great things and touching lives left and right. Oh, you're so I sweet. Just, oh, I don't know, man. You're pretty great. So we're excited to dig into Karma's section of this story because Stephanie's story was just like we were both like riveted the whole time like and I've heard parts of it because she's in my ward so I knew parts of it but then I got into all the stuff and I'm like dang girl yeah Yeah. good yeah pause and hold if you haven't watched if you haven't listened to Stephanie's um episode go back and listen so that you can meet a little bit about karma we were both obviously completely blown away when Stephanie starts sharing with us that there was a member of the church that started talking that she went to nursing school with and like, she was a really cool girl and she started saying these things and her name was karma. And both Annie and I were like, what? Yeah. (laughs) Like Like you can't make this up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So we're so excited. Thank you so much for being here. Well, I'm happy to be here. So karma, why don't you share with us a little bit? Can you share with us a little bit of like, your side of the coin when it comes to like meeting Stephanie and where you're at in your life and nursing school and things like that? Well, first of all, you know, my first impression of Stephanie, she's this really cute, sweet girl. And I always, for nursing school, it was accelerated. I was so worried. I had three kids already. I really wanted to get through it with no hiccups, right? I didn't want to have to redo a semester I was determined that the Lord was going to help me get through this. So I sat in the very front row. I asked all of the questions. I was that (laughs) annoying student. You were a model student. (laughs) No. (laughs) And Stephanie was sitting more on the other side of the classroom to the back. And when they asked questions, sometimes it was hard for me, you know, like, um, what activities do you do? Um, and I would give the right answer. You know, those answers that were afraid to give in public. Um, and I just felt strongly that I needed to give the, the real answer, not the fluffed answer for your, the people that are around you, you know? Yeah. And can you, can you explain that like a little bit more? Like what would have been something you might've said generally, like, is this like the get to know you portion of like nursing school? And they're like, what do you like to do for fun? And yes, like, what are you encouraged? But what were you feeling? Like, what was the spirit kind of guiding you to say? The spirit was guiding me to say that, um, I enjoy reading my scriptures and, you know, I go to church on Sundays because for me, that's what my life is. But 
you know, with that, with those people, they were saying a whole bunch of different, I mean, with the class, they were saying a whole bunch of different things. And that can make it awkward when you're like, oh, I study my scriptures. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? But I felt impelled. And I remember physically at the time, like, this is awkward for me, but I'm saying this anyways. Um, And I felt like I needed to, and I didn't know why. I just did. I said it because that's the prompting that I got. And I was praying a ton. You know, you go through times in life where you're counting on the Lord more than your other times. And this time I was like, Heavenly Father, I need you more than any time ever because it was very difficult. And so I was relying on him for to get me through nursing school solely on him. I did my part, but I relied on him. And um, I would just answer. And it kind of felt awkward for me, honestly. But I just felt prompting to do these answers. And I didn't know why I just answered truthfully. Um, I mean, I could have answered different ways that were truthful also, but I chose those answers. And um, I just remember one time, it makes me emotional, I kept on watching Stephanie and I could see her suffer. And at Mm -hmm. one point, I didn't know her too well yet. And I, we had a clinical or something. I don't remember the timeline exactly. And she was talking to me about something. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, we believe in um, Heavenly Father, then Jesus Christ and the Holy Ghost. And that they're three different people. And she's like, wait, what? And I don't remember this was before the hallway accident. But I remember her going to the bathroom. And I could see that she was crying. And I just got angry. I was upset. I was physically upset. And she came out of the bathroom. (laughs) And it was this huge prompting. I was like, Stephanie, and I told her what I said, and it was straight out, and I couldn't believe that it came out of my mouth, but I was so upset because I could see this lovely girl that the adversary was just destroying, and it Mm. made me so sad, and I went home, and I told Jared, I was like, I don't know what to do. (laughs) I mean, I just said this to her. It was kind of a surprise to me. I can't believe I said it, but I did. And then that's what started the journey and with Stephanie. She came to her house. She got a blessing. And that started the, the journey with it. And it was, it was very emotional to me because it was so weird that I got so angry and I could recognize, like, someone, something is trying to tear this girl down. And I know that I can help her. And I just want, and I just blatantly told her, you know, that Satan's lying to her and that God loves her. And um, I tried my best to help her from that point forward into whatever she needed at the time, actually. So was this the time that she was referring to in the episode where you said, come to my house and get a blessing? Um, Yes. When I, when she said, um, I don't remember the wordings exactly, what I said because it was kind of a shock that it came out of my mouth but the just the just of it was just you know you're being lied to Jesus Christ loves you and he wants you to be happy and I did ask her if she wanted to come to my house and get a blessing um because I could see she was suffering so bad and it made me really sad yeah so we are blown away with like how bold you are and it's so cool to hear you say like it surprised you like that it was like just came out of your mouth like oh this is what's supposed to happen and that you sorry one second (coughs) I tend to cough a lot I apologize um 
but yeah like we just like that you just knew what to say and it just came out and like you really trusted that so we're just also blown away like what maybe brought you to a place where like you could really trust those promptings so clearly because she talked too about how just during nursing school you would say like oh I don't ride with men in the car or I don't like there's a couple other boundaries you set in place and you just set it so like matter of fact like you're just the boundaries that I have and that she was so impressed with that too that like you just were so clear in your boundaries and you just stay them so clearly well I had experiences in my life that set me to those points where I set boundaries and that no matter what I was gonna follow those boundaries I had an experience um, when I was around 19, 20 or 20 years old that I had no doubt that the church was true. And I had, there wasn't, and I mean, I feel very grateful that I had this experience, but there was no turning back for me. My teenage years, I was not active in the church. Um, I mean, if you want me to dive into that, I had a really hard childhood. My dad was in jail for 20 years. Um, yeah. I mean, tell us a little bit about that. You don't have to, I mean, you can share what you feel comfortable with, but like, I think those experiences are definitely what led you to your boldness. So I think that, yeah, Yeah. share whatever you feel really comfortable with. Yeah. Well, when I was little, I, I had a hard life. My dad was abusive and even though he was abusive, I was, it was like, he would, I would stand up for myself even if I got me in trouble all the time. Mm. And he liked that about me and he promoted it. Even though he was abusive when I was in my early teen years, my uh, parents got a divorce because she thought he might kill one of us. That's what her words were, my mom's. And then my dad went on to get remarried. um, And then he was sentenced to, I don't know, I don't remember all the sentences, but about like 70 years in jail. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And then. um, How old are you at this point? When he got sent to jail. um, Yeah. It was when I was around 20. It was 20 because he, he actually got released um, in the year 2020. Wow. So. Wow. Okay. Um. And then I married the first guy that I thought was better than my dad. And I was just so happy to find someone that was better than my dad. I didn't know. I had no clue that there were really good guys that existed out there. So for my experience of that and then getting a divorce after a year and a half of marriage, um, I, I was so depressed one night and my sister was with me and I didn't feel like I wanted to live. Sorry. No, and the bishop welcome all emotion. You're good. The bishop came to my house. I called him at two in the morning with one of his um le- his presidency and he gave me a blessing and he said everything I asked Heavenly Father in my head, not out loud, not talking to them. I said, Heavenly Father, I have suffered so much in my life. I need you to answer this this, 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 and every question that I would ask Heavenly Father, the bishop would then answer my question from God. Like I didn't tell Mm -hmm. the bishop he was speaking for God and answering everything that I asked, every single thing. And from then on, there was no question in my mind. I would never, I would never differ from my beliefs. I knew for a fact at that point 
Um, and then I became active in the church again and I never strayed away. And I was very, very strict from that point of what I wanted out of life and what I wanted to live the way God wanted me to. I have faults. I make mistakes. So I I wrote this long list of things that I wanted to do and what I wanted to accomplish with my life. And I wrote this long list of what I wanted in a husband. And I had decided I was not going to settle for anything lower than that. And I didn't. And I got the greatest man ever. And my life just started getting better and better and better once I wouldn't accept less. So I want to know, my inquiring mind wants to know, like, what were some of the things that you put on your list? Yeah. What is this? What yeah, do you maybe, I need, maybe I need this list. <laughs> Some of the things honestly were shallow. <laughs> I want okay. a tall, dark, handsome man. Um, you know, I would have wavered on that, but sure. that he was a God loving man, that he was active in the church. Um, just the things that I wanted to look for in a spouse to progress with to eternity. It what was about, a long time um, ago. <laughs> what about some of your other goals? Like, did you know you wanted to do nursing school at this point or like kids? What else was on this list that maybe that maybe the karma before wouldn't have even like dreamt she could have, you know? Well, um, originally I went to school. And so this was, you know, after this whole time where I decided I wanted to get active again, my next um, goal was to get my patriarchal blessing so I could follow what the Lord had set plan for me for my life. And I just started going to school to be an art teacher because I'm a painter. And then in my patriarchal blessing, it said that I would be shown what I was going to need to do education wise, that I was not going to want to do it, but that I needed to do it anyways. Whoa. Yes. That's, that's intense. That I know. I, and I had no clue what it was. So I just kept going, you know, taking my art classes. I'm like, well, I really want to be an art teacher, but that's, that doesn't fit this. And then one day a guy was coming to take blood for me and my husband to get life insurance policies. And he said to me, I still remember exactly. He's like, wow, you ask a lot of questions. Have you ever thought about being a nurse? Then it hit me like a load of bricks. I'm like, I don't want to be a nurse. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, it's it. That's it. it. And then I called my husband. I was like, I finally got my answer, but I don't want to do this. <laughs> but I did. Yeah, and I'm grateful. That. Yeah, I'm, I did. And I'm grateful. And it was what I'm supposed to do. I still paint and do paintings on the side, you know, but yeah. So how has following that, like that bit of prompting, like how has the nursing kind of channeled your life in a different way than you thought it would? Well, um, I just, for example, there's lots of starting starving artists. I remember when I was going to school, my professor telling me, he was like, you're very talented, but go in a different direction. And I was like, what? He's like my professor. He goes, I make no money. I make nothing. After this, I'm going to go be a security officer at an art museum. I cannot support my family. This is not a good profession. Yes, I feel your pain. My husband is an acting teacher. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. She feels that hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's just provided me to be able to work. I only work two days a week, and I 
have a good income and it's just help us achieve our financial goals. Um, and it really has, I mean, we wouldn't be able to be where we're at right now without the help of me being a nurse. So, yeah, that's so cool. And it set you up to be in a position to make a monumental change in someone else's life. Yes. Right. Like that was, I mean, we, again, going back to like, we were just so blown away with all the, the things you said, the things you did and, and the way that you impacted her so heavily, because all of these beliefs that she had about the Mormons, like you crashed all those to the ground. Like she thought the women were so oppressed and that, you know, the men were so awful and whatever. And she walks in and like, you're going to school because you want to, you have a nice home, you have a nice husband, like all these things, like just the life that you created. Cause you were so adamant about like, no, I'm creating the life that I want. And by you doing that, it shattered every untrue belief she had about Mormons. Right. And was such a big deal for her because she had to, she had to overcome a lot to be able to get converted. Right. Because she really she had grown did. up in something so much different than maybe the, the average human or whatever. So for her to be able to overcome those things was going to take a lot. It took a karma. Uh-huh. It was right? amazing. It was so amazing to be part of that experience. I can physically remember times where it strengthened my testimony a ton because she would be asking me all of these questions and I didn't, and I would be honest if I couldn't answer her correctly. I say, I don't know how to explain this or answer it. And then that Sunday she would go with me to church and Relief society and the relief society president was teaching the lesson and she said I'm supposed to teach this lesson but I had this huge prompting to teach this lesson instead and it would be everything that Stephanie had just asked me oh my gosh and that's so cool it was such a cool experience and I mean out of all the people I've shared my testimonies with Stephanie that I know of is the only one that has joined the church but to go through that experience with her and to watch her family's hearts change towards her was just a beautiful thing that I will never forget so cool and I love how you were telling your story about how you had all these questions in your heart and you asked for a blessing and you asked for like those things and you got such specific answers. And she shared something similar for her where like she had very specific things that she needed Heavenly Father to tell her. And through multiple experiences, like the, I want to be a better sister. And she goes to Relief Society and they have a handout, how to be a better sister. Like literal, just, you can't make this stuff up, right? Yeah. So I think it was so cool too. Like you had such a powerful experience with asking for specific revelation and getting that to like put you in such a unique position to be a support to her in needing really specific things to be answered for her in order for her to overcome her childhood upbringing and, you know, her family dynamics and all these things. And so it's just so powerful to me to see how Heavenly Father really is so involved in the details. Like those experiences set you up perfectly to be such a space for her that she would be able to do that. And the people that she's now touched You know, like she's been, and she just with her podcast episode, she's been sending it. She wrote me, she's been sending it to like her brother on a mission who then sent it to other missionaries who sent it to investigators who uh, other members, like, like just this episode has been shared so many times and she's sharing her story and touching people's lives through her story. She also has like other people that she's had help come to church because of her story. You know, I think she's amazing. Uh, So cool. I think she's amazing in how much she has shared with some 
tons of people. At first, it was really hard for her to share. Um, I remember these are just little clippets of memories that I have of her, like sitting next to her and she has the book of Mormon that they gave her and we're sitting in, um, Sunday school and she's circling, 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 circling. I was like, what are you doing, Stephanie? She was like, I'm just circling everywhere that it's talking about Jesus Christ because, you know, she was told so much that we didn't believe in Christ, but She's seen all of the literature and how much it talks about Christ. And she was just circling and highlighting. And it was very uplifting for me to experience um, that with her. Yeah, totally. And, and the thing is, is that she was going to be such a monumental piece in like helping people join the church, but she needed something so solid and so specific to get her to that place, you know, and that you were like divinely prepared for that. And So can you share some experience with us about like some of your spiritual growth about how you really learned to really trust that spirit? Because a lot of us have had promptings and we like question, is it a prompting? Is it not? Like you knew like when that prompting came in to talk about like, why I read my scriptures and I go to church, like you knew and you trusted that intuition and that spirit prompting. So what are some experiences that got you to that place? Like really build a trust. Like this is the spirit talking to me. Well, through when I came more back active into the church, every time that someone, it's hard for people to share their whole selves with you, right? When, whenever I would share something about, like, they would ask me about my parents and I'd be like, oh, my dad lives in Texas. Honestly, when I tell people that my, and they keep asking, my husband loves to watch people's faces (laughs) because then once I'm like, oh, he's in jail. And they're like, oh no. What do I say next? I yeah. You know? yeah. So <laughs> with people just being honest, a lot of times people feel like they share too much, but when it's the truth and it's what strengthens them, that's what strengthens me. You can feel it in your heart and your soul that it's true. So I've had experiences with people that have been truth and they've been examples to me. And I have always been truthful to detriment if it gets me in trouble I just I can't I don't know how to even explain it correctly but I just decided if I feel a prompting I told myself that if it is good it is from God yeah it's just really that simple if it's good if it's something good then it's from God um And it was hard those times to follow those promptings. Honestly, before that bathroom, I had several different promptings to talk to Stephanie and I didn't know how to go about it. I didn't know what I should do or what I should say to her to help her. And at that point, I knew that she was suffering so bad and it hurt my heart. And that's when it just came out. I love that Heavenly Father also had prepared like your suffering Sometimes we see our own trials and we're so frustrated, but we realize on the other side of it that like, we're the one prepared to bless someone else because we understand it. Like you saw her pain and knew she was there. There might've been people that weren't even aware of that type of suffering. You know, like you can't understand the depths of like Satan if you kind of haven't settled there for a little bit, you know? Oh, absolutely. I think taking our weaknesses, we might think, oh, this is a weakness. I grew up in a family and I didn't, I wasn't raised in the gospel or, you know, my mom never attended primary. So it was like, 
she'd get called to serve in primary and it would be like, what am I supposed to do? Or, you know, even in young women's, what do I do? And what we really have to realize is that these are our greatest strengths, you know, like these are the times where we are actually finding like all of the edges are the pretty parts where like we find connection with other people and honesty with other people. And it, it was hard for me in a different way because I was raised in the church and my dad would wake up at, in the morning at five in the morning and read scriptures with us. And, you know, he just, he was the type of person that would practice his priesthood in a way that was not serving other people. It would be more of he's commanding other people because he says he's the priesthood leader. Yeah. Yeah. So that was really hard for me because I had I had this feeling in my heart that the church was true, but he was not using his powers correctly, you know? Yeah, we've talked a little bit about um, that it's difficult to, Stephanie was saying, you know, I understand sometimes people might need to step away and this is like, they might have trauma involved with, you know, however they were raised in the church or whatever. And I was thinking about this because my dad at one time, took me out to lunch and he said, so how's your relationship with, with God? And I said, Oh, I mean, my relationship with God is great. I mean, uh, well, I said, well, I guess that's not totally true. I said, I get the Jesus part. Jesus makes sense to me because I use him frequently. And I feel like I understand the empathy and the love and those things. I said, but God is hard. I have a hard time praying to him. Sometimes I don't quite know how to like connect and what to do there. And he kind of got upset a little bit and he said, I feel bad because the only thing we have here on earth to relate to our heavenly parents is the parents we have on earth. And how do I reconcile that? Because that means that in some ways I haven't been able to give you what you need to connect to your heavenly father, you know, because he, this was my father. And I, and it was so good because just even having that clarity I went like, oh my gosh, they're not the same humans. And my dad is a wonderful man, but definitely taught from fear-based places. And like, I've had to grow and mature in my relationship with Heavenly Father now, you know? Yeah. I love that, like, even through that, like, you were able to kind of build this, like, personal relationship with the gospel and a personal relationship, you know, with your Heavenly Father through that. Right. You have to separate the trauma from the religion, right? Mm-hmm. Like that they're not necessarily like it can get real sticky when you're a kid to feel like they're one of the same when that's your whole upbringing, you know, to have that trauma there. And I had to experience having righteous men in my presence, you know, mm-hmm. like I had this um, chiropractor I worked for for two years and he was a great example of truth and love and service because priesthood and being a priesthood holder is all about serving people. It's not the power you have over people. It's the power God gives you to serve others. Yes. And I had to learn these things that I wasn't really taught by my dad. Um, I mean, I've forgiven my dad. I, I went, I picked him up from jail in Texas. He died two weeks later. It was very traumatic. Oh, wow. And, um, I just, with him, the atonement worked like the first time I went, it took me eight years to visit him in jail. And the first time I went there, it was so sad because he was still stuck that he was right. Everyone else was wrong. He made, he was a sinner that had 
not had remorse yet for his sins, yeah. right? And then I went and saw him again years later and with my husband. And I was sitting there with him, and he's starting to look like a frail old man at this point in time. And the spirit touched me and said he's forgiven of everything. And I could see it, and I could feel it in his eyes. And I knew he had forgiven. There was a whole change in his demeanor from when he first went into that point. I, I saw him. And it was miraculous. And I just, I try to look at the good in people because that's what God does to us. He gives us chances over and over and over again. And you just try to live your truth and the best that you can for those times and chances that he gives you. My gosh, I can't imagine. I'm so like, just thinking how grateful I am that you were where you could like forgive too at that point that would have been could have been well, really devastating too I got a lot of blessings and I think where for me it was like I had I disconnected from my um troubles and my trials and I said what am I supposed to learn from this this is what helped me get through my trials what what am I supposed to learn from this trial where am I going with it instead of just feeling bad for myself and just giving up I was given blessing after blessing you're going through these trials for a reason you're here to help other people so I just lived off of that I guess (laughs) that's what strengthened me Knowing that somewhere sometime I'd be able to help someone. (laughs) Yeah. And then you did. And also like what a cool and healing experience to like watch your dad go through that and like see that change and to see like that it's possible for anybody. Yes. You know, like that's what came to my mind was like, man, like if he can have that kind of like change of heart in jail. Yeah. Like, listen, I can figure some things out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like that is such a healing and powerful experience you to have as well. So Karma, what advice would you give to the rest of us who maybe aren't quite so bold in our missionary We're work and tiny shrinking violets, <laughs> tiny shrinking violets, not quite brave enough sometimes to speak with such boldness. Like what advice would you give to the rest of us so that we can be a little more like Karma? Well, I don't think I'm a great person. I struggle <laughs> with it just the same as you guys do of what I should say is this is this what I should say to this person at this time? My advice is just say it. If you feel in your head like something came to you, I should say this to this person. Just do it. I also had experience at the end of nursing school that I felt strongly I should share with someone else um, that was a Christian and see if he wanted the Book of Mormon. And I'd written something in it. And he said, no, thank you. I'm good at with where I am. And that felt awkward for me. That was very awkward. But I I did it any I did it. You know, I can look back and say I did it. And there are shy people out there. I think that's one thing about me. I'm not I'm not that shy. Um, but just listen to those promptings because the experience I went through with Stephanie and seeing how much God loved her individually. When she had questions, he would use other people in the church to answer her questions. It was it was a miracle, and it was a testimony-building experience for me, and it blessed me and my family, and it will be f- 
it'll be like that forever. What is the scripture that says you bring, but one soul unto me, great will be your joy. Um, Mm -hmm. That is true. Even now when I'm like, Oh, I don't want to read my scriptures today or, Oh, I really don't want to go to church this Sunday. I pull strength from those experiences and it helps me get through and it helps me become stronger. Yeah. Cause you've seen the fruit now, like you've seen the evidence of what can happen when you honor those commitments and you follow those promptings and you stay close to the Lord. You've seen like what miracles can happen. So that is cool. Like you can keep drawing back on that as a source of strength of like, Oh man, like look what God did with what my, my meager offerings, look what he did with it. So I can see why that'd be motivating to keep going. Definitely. Um, it's just, it's hard putting yourself out there, but you'll be blessed if you do. Even when I've shared my testimony and I don't know of anything that has come of it. I mean, I feel prompted. I'll share my testimony and then they'll respond with, I felt like electric coming through my body, you know? And so you could even be planting all these seeds all over that you have no idea that you've planted and what comes of them. That's true. But God is there to, you're there to help him plant his seeds and to grow. And that's what we're here for. Ultimately. I think it's also so important for us to just be mindful of the fact that like, never, ever are we going to be the one that converts. Like the spirit is the one, even as you're following the spirit and you're leading, you know, like, and you're pushing yourself towards like something that may feel uncomfortable. So there's no need for you to rest on the fact that like, am I going to have the answers? Like karma didn't have all the answers. Other people did. And like you, it doesn't, you've even seen the missionaries move away from like the, the flipped lessons where they did the same lesson every time to preach my gospel, just so it can be so much more led by the spirit. And like the reality is, is that as we grow closer to the spirit, the spirit will be able to use us as tools. And like, I've listened to 19 year old missionaries say some of the dumbest things I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) And I've been like, what was that answer? And I see the person and they're just in tears. Like it was their answer. You know, like this 19 year old is giving them what they need. And I'm thinking, well, that's not nuanced or, you know, I've done all this growth in the church throughout my whole entire life. So I would give this maybe a completely different answer. And they just give the most simple, pure, juvenile and I don't know but and you see the beauty and the spirit that reaches them and reaches those people and what they need and their desire is and like the true belief that we have that the savior loves us that he's our redeemer and that we have a restored gospel of Jesus Christ like that message is enough like all of that will bleed through when their soul is ready right That's a hundred percent correct with Stephanie. It was not me. And Stephanie always says, thank you. Thank you so much, karma for helping me. I was, it wasn't me. It was God. It was God. And there was a ton of times that I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how I'm going to fit this in. I'm going through accelerated nursing school, having missionary discussions at my house. I just say, be open to it. Be open and be available to do this because no matter what chaos is going on in your life and what you think you can't do, you can do it because Heavenly Father will give you that extra power that you need to get through whatever else you're going through if you just help him 
do what he wants you to do. There's so much strength in that. And there's so much power in that. And it feeds your soul and your heart. And it lasts forever. And you can recall those occasions where you saw these miracles happen. And it's, it's best. It's better than anything that I could really think of to strengthen your testimony. Yeah, for sure. Being able to really like say it out loud. And, you know, I think don't build any type of box that creates something of what you think missionary work should look like. Cause the truth is it's never going to work in that box. I also think we should be really thoughtful of missionary work within our own wards and within our own congregations. There are people that are struggling now currently that are sitting right next to you on a pew and like being really thoughtful of like getting up and sharing a testimony on a fast Sunday getting up and sharing a testimony when you're in a class or what you have to share and offer. Like karma's lived a life that like I haven't lived and I don't understand and I may not know. And that's the beauty of like our congregations. When she says, I spoke truth, right? Like I spoke, I, uh, I, I just want to speak truth. And like that truth is what rings clear, but like we're doing missionary work currently right now. Like we're losing members all the time. And especially in like our youth and stuff like that, like they're pulling away because they're not feeling that. And like, part of that is like, are we not sharing? Are we not sharing the experiences we've already been afforded and we've already been given because we're nervous or we're scared or we don't think anyone cares or we think it's dumb what we have to say, you know, like speaking to boldness, especially when you've been given the opportunity, like there may not be many people that have had the same opportunity that karma was given by one blessing, like heavenly father blessed you specifically karma with like this beautiful blessing that answered all those questions in succession. That story is like two beans of light coming down into the woods. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it's this awe inspiring testimony building experience. Like it is a little bit our duty to share those and go, guess what I experienced? You know, I I feel like today in church, unfortunately, a lot of people have gotten away from that. Cause it's uncomfortable and people say, well, this, that was, that's personal. Like, it, and these experiences are very, very personal and you'll be prompted when to share and when not to share. And it gets confusing sometimes. Sometimes I feel like right now, I feel like maybe I shared a little bit too much about my dad, but that's <laughs> right. You know, you did it. You did great. You did a great job. Yes. And yeah, you represented him well too. And I just, I feel bad about that. Like I feel whenever I talk about some of the things I've went through in my life, it makes me uncomfortable, but I've been told that through my experiences, I can help others. And Stephanie, for some reason, like for her, she just looked at me and she thought I had this perfect life and this perfect husband and I had nothing wrong. But when I shared those experiences and the tragedies that I've had in life, she was like, oh, well, if you've went through that, and she told me this, well, if you've went through that and you have what you have now, then I can go through that and become better. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and it humanized you, right? Like we, te- we tend to put each other on these pedestals of like, oh, their life's so great. And then we like pull the curtains back and find out things about their life. And it just is like, oh, you're human too? Cool. Welcome to the club. Right? We put everyone else, we compare everyone else's greatest attributes to our worst attributes. And we bring ourselves down. I know. It's just pure nonsense. We got to knock it off. Like, it really is so dumb. 
And we really stop. could have, you could even be looking at someone who really does have the quintessential, like they seem to have all of the, the elements that should build the perfect life. And I'll tell you, like, you know, my dad was Bishop when I was young and I remember feeling like just that in and of itself was a, it was a very interesting struggle because I felt like nobody really saw me. Like we were always taking care of like the less actives or like, you know, I would be called to be the beehive president or whatever. And so we're constantly thinking about how we can activate other members and stuff, but like, it kind of got you forgotten sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so even people who like seemingly have all of these things that are working out great or whatever. And of course, no matter what, you're going to have your own challenges. Like I look back now and I've got just as much trauma as some other people that I, you know, like have to dig through and like weed through and make it right. But um, everyone has their own trauma, right? Yeah. It's what you do with it. Yeah. We've all got something. It's what you do with it. Yeah. And I, I love that you shared it so openly with her because that's definitely something we've been talking about a lot on the podcast is just share with honesty. Honesty is where connection comes. It's where we're able to like really connect with each other. And I think it's where the spirit can finally be honest. You know, like I challenge the Utah Mormon saying so much because I live in Utah. I was raised in Utah. And there's this idea that we're kind of like Pharisees and the Sadducees. We're just living through like the same old all day, every day, you know, and not really understanding the ministering part of like the gospel or really the other, you know, there's like maybe like a fakeness and I want to challenge it so hard. And I feel like honesty and truth is where that lies. Like the honesty and truth of people just saying, yeah, dude. It sucks. Right. Sometimes this is terrible. I'm not so good at this part, you know, is like, this is where Jesus can build us. Yes. Is when we admit where you we are. You have to admit your weaknesses so that you can make them strengths. Yep. I have tons of weaknesses, girls. I tell you what, I really do. <laughs> well, but I'm trying. <laughs> I believe you. Cause guess what? We all do. Like, <laughs> but like, like I believe you hundred percent. Also, I'm not worried about that. Like, knowing people's weaknesses actually makes you love them more. And I'm like, Oh, like you're human. And I, and I feel more connected to you because then I don't feel like I have to, like it, 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 it ceases the divide between us. Right. Yes. Like we're all struggling with something and we're all figuring that out. And that what better way for us to share the gospel with each other than to like lean into like what our strengths are and then also be open about our weaknesses. Like those are connecting pieces that really at the end of the day, that's what missionary work is. It's just connecting their people and sharing this like thing we have that has made such a difference in our lives to share it with them and like going back to what julie said like the other people may have been around stephanie and not had that intuition and may not have had that clear like wow she's really struggling they might have been completely oblivious but you were able to like be in that space because the things you went through and the things you struggled with you could be that in tune um and another thing i thought about too when you're talking about this advice like just say it i thought about how the other really key component of what you're talking about is that even if it's like it doesn't anything, nothing comes of it in that moment, you're building a trust with God. I think it was President uh-huh. Monson who talked about how like he had some quote about, you know, I want I want God to know that like if I give him an air and that Tommy Monson's gonna do it. You know, like you're building that he can give you whatever and he's just gonna he's gonna he can trust you to follow through on it, no matter what it is. So leaning into like I don't know and you get in the book of Mormon he's like I'm good it's like oh well but the beautiful part is that how many fathers like yep I can trust her I can trust to give these promptings to her because 
she's going to do it even if the outcome is not magical. I love that. I I do love that. And it's just, it's hard to say just do it because a lot of people are really shy and that's really hard for them to do, right? But by doing so, you get strengthened a little bit, even if you go home and think, oh my gosh, that was so awkward and that was so hard for me because I had those same feelings. I had those same thoughts. That's adversary not wanting you to do it. Totally. That's He's true. discouraging you. He's discouraging you from doing what Heavenly Father wants you to do. Right. And right. God will make weak men strong. You yes. Know, our weakness is strength. So I think if you're listening and you're thinking to yourself, like, okay, this is not within my realm. Like, I, I was talking to one of my young women and um, she's been struggling with her testimony quite a bit. And um, she, she, she came to me and she said, I don't know if I can be a YCL this year for camp, a a youth um, counselor. And for those of you that don't know, if you don't know, we have our youth counselors that (laughs) come in and they uh, help get ready. She's like, I just think I'll feel like I'm lying. And I just, I don't want to feel like I'm lying. And I said, okay, well, let's meet and let's talk about it a little bit and see what we can do. You know, maybe, and I said, okay, so is there a way for you to serve and to like love the girls where they are and to make sure that the girls feel included. And she said, yeah, yeah, I think I can do that. And I was like, okay, well, then you can be a YCL. I don't need yeah. to do these parts, you know, like, um, but I can, but I want you to do these parts. And like, what can you do? What are things that you already know are your spiritual gifts? What are things that like, you already understand that are within your thing? Like, that already are within your body of who you are and what you can do. Like you may not share the same way that karma did. You may not share the same way that she was prompted to at that moment, you know, but like what is within your, your capability? I always think like we share all the time, you know, we get over, we get weird about it because religions become this thing where like, we're not allowed to believe or we shouldn't like, or we shouldn't talk about it in public. Yeah. Yeah. Like the way you felt so awkward about, Oh, like I shouldn't, I should, you know, sugarcoat how I feel about this or not talk about something. But like, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you know, if I find a good nail polish brand, like I share it, you know what I mean? If I find, and then you're thinking, why am I stopping myself from sharing like the greatest joy, you know, or standing up from something, standing up for something that's my greatest joy. That's brought so much peace and guidance and happiness to my life. And like, share where you are, share who you are. And like the spirit will take care of the rest. That's true. Even if yep. it's just serving someone or living the way you believe, people watch you and they learn from that and they progress when they watch you. You set an example for them. Even if you can't, if you can't say something, you can do something, even if it is just living the way that you are with your family, righteous living. People look at you, they learn from you and that stays with them. For sure. And I think that's why it's so important for us to get our own revelation, like to be so communicative with Heavenly Father that like we know the ways that we can do that because it is going to look different for sure. And so by doing that, like having that practice in place to be so in tune with Heavenly Father, that you know what it looks like for you. So you can live your life or say the things or whatever it is so you can be in a space to share the gospel in your brand. I love it. The way you feel comfortable. God knows how you feel comfortable. He'll help you. 
Yeah, he will. I mean, I, we were just talking about this recently. Like, how many times in the scriptures do we have people who felt inadequate and God's like, don't worry about it. I got you. Right. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. Oh, I love it. Karma, you are amazing. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing your experiences with us. Thank you for sharing your story. We're just so impressed. And we know you're not perfect. Nobody is. Like, we're just, we just love to get to learn from people in the strengths that they have so that we can learn to adopt those strengths as well. Well, thank you for having me. True. And, and we, we love emotion on here. So yeah. okay. we, we feel like we haven't succeeded if we haven't brought some tears out. You know what I mean? I was talking to my husband a lot about it last night because I was like, I really want this to be about Stephanie, not my trials in life because there's still a lot more. I mean, my mom's deaf. I was raised by a deaf mom. There's just a lot. And I really wanted it to be about her conversion. But he was like, Karma, they're asking about you and why you mm-hmm. are the way. And I'm like, are you comfortable with me sharing this? And he was like, karma, like when we were getting married, he took a while and he prayed and he wanted to make sure he was okay with marrying me, knowing that, you know, there could be emotional baggage from my dad being abusive, from him being in jail, from just all the different trials that he knew I went through in my life, from being divorced, right, to someone who cheated on me. And he's like, I came to grips with that long time ago so I'm fine with it so you you just do what you feel like you need to do so I'm like oh, okay well so. we can call too like and this is totally Annie and I and what we preach all the time but like sheer honesty I'm the same way I used to be like a really big liar when I was little like it was my coping mechanism so yeah. I'd lie through everything and then I got to the point where I was like no one trusts anything that I'm saying what's wrong with them and yeah. I was like oh yeah because I'm a liar <laughs> like <laughs> It's like, okay, I'm going to do the exact opposite. I'm going to speak with boldness and I will always speak complete, like as complete honesty as I can. Now I'm open to the fact that I may be wrong, right? Yes. Yes, but I, of course. But I will speak with as much honesty as I can. And yeah, it gets me in trouble. There's a fair amount where I'm like, oh, I maybe took that a little too far. Or maybe I could have just not said not that said part. It. <laughs> yeah, there's still a part where your filter was needed. But it has been a huge blessing in my life and it has been a huge help me and me having people really feel comfortable because you just lean into it. (laughs) We are so thankful for karma being here. We're so thankful for our opportunity to talk and explore these ideas. If you like this today's episode, remember to like leave a review, chat us up, hit us up, say all the nice, wonderful things that helps us the most so we can be seen and we can share with other people. And remember, we love you. Thanks for being here today. If you like the podcast, the best way to support it is to leave a review and a five-star rating. If you're looking for a life coach or just want to be social, follow Hey Annie Joy on Instagram. Hey.